Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind him. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams gonna throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it. for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Barth. Good gosh, dirty! This is the Heel Tough Blog Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, we are uh, once again for a preview not on camera, uh, but we are here. We are previewing the game against Pittsburgh. It is a short week, so we've had to make a few adjustments around here to make this uh, work with all the schedules uh, that we've got going on. Uh, but we are here and, and ready to go. Uh, it's a, a packed week for us on, on both sides of the blog, but Carolina's got the quick turnaround coming off the upset win against the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Not so, an upset. Carol- well, yeah, well, the number next to the name suggests that it's an upset for sure. So uh, now Carolina has to go on the road, take on the Pittsburgh Panthers. We'll tell you about that. Uh, we'll also tell you uh, the, the time for the Tar Heels' final home game of the season has been set. We will tell you uh, what time Carolina will be playing the Wofford Terriers on November 20th. We have that for you along the way. We'll give you, uh, of course, keys to the game, official predictions for the game against Pittsburgh. We'll also let you get to know the opponent. But we do want to start first with a little bit of news that you may have missed on the last edition of the podcast. If you did, it is sort of important for this game because uh, Carolina in the defensive backfield going to be without a guy that's played a pretty significant amount early on in the season. That is Don Chapman. He is now out for the remainder of the season, so the Tar Heels are pretty much left rolling with Storm Duck, uh, who is back. That is huge for Carolina. Tony Grimes, who of course has been the starter opposite of either Kyler McMichael, Don Chapman, or Storm Duck for the entirety of the season. And then Kyler McMichael is also a part of that group. So Carolina, once again, thinning out later on in the season at corner. That has been pretty much a yearly routine since 2016. Is that the first year they went through all those injury issues at corner uh, and and once again strikes Carolina again this season. But uh, to have Storm Duck back, as we talked about the other day when we recapped the game against Wake Forest, you feel pretty good. Well, Carolina, as we mentioned, they are going to take on the Pitt Panthers on Thursday night. It is going to be on ESPN 730, 
Um, is the kick time. It, it, this just seems to be a yearly tradition now. I can't remember the last time that Carolina did not play them on a Thursday night. Uh, it's been a long time. Carolina's had some good success against them on Thursday nights, uh, but the last game that they did play, they lost 34-27 to back in 2019. Uh, Carolina holds the 10-4-0 edge in the series, uh, and they, prior to that loss in 2019, had won six straight against the Panthers and uh, had not let them win since they had come into the ACC against the Tar Heels. That was uh, one of Larry Fedora's signature things, was always finding a way to beat Pitt, even in some of some of the more crazier games. Um, you know, a few years, uh, you know, James Conner went nuts. Carolina still found ways to win, but back in 2019, they couldn't get the job done. Now, uh, it is crucial that they get the job done in this game against a Pitt team that is leading the ACC Coastal and for good reason. The team is 7-2 and two on the season. Um, but, you know, and, and you look at their numbers, it makes a ton of sense. This team's averaging 45 points per game offensively, 541 yard, 541.2 yards total, 376.1 passing yards per game, 156.1 rushing yards per game. So, again, back-to-back really strong offenses that Carolina is going to be playing. Uh, This one, 45 points per game, that is the most in the country. So the highest scoring offense in the country Carolina is going to have to face in this game. The difference is this is a much better defensive team than Wake. Um, Points per game, they're kind of similar. 22.7 points per game uh, Pittsburgh's allowing, which is a pretty good number. Somehow that's only 45th in the country. That's still a pretty good number. The difference is they do not give up anywhere near the amount of yards that Wake Forest does. They give up only 345 total yards per game, 237 through the air, and 108 on the ground. I mean, you know, this is back-to-back weeks. The Tar Heels are going to be facing dynamic offenses. We'll go a little more in-depth as to what this pit team packs with certain players and everything like that. But just on the fact that Carolina is now playing their second straight opponent with a lethal offense, the one thing that's a little bit different, though, is that this pit defense is a little bit more legit than the one that they played uh, a couple of days ago in Keenan Stadium. Yeah, this game has shootout written all over it, just probably not to the level like we saw on Saturday where I think we knew going in the first one to 45, more like 55, was going to win the ball game, and that turned out to be right as as Carolina got to 58 in the W, but... Uh, Pitt's going to be able to put points up. They can put up points kind of like Wake Forest can. They, they, they can hang a 40-burger on you. They can they can spot you 50 if they have to. But they are a little bit more uh, resistant on the defensive end, given the fact that you got Pat Narduzzi over there. He, well, you remember, when, when he got hired, we thought they were going to get back to that old-school pit, run the football, play good defense. Well, now they got Kenny Two Gloves Pickett over there. They can spread the ball around, but they're going to be they're going to play physical with Carolina, so they got to be able to be ready to go for sixty minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, just I mean, if, let's look at the defensive side of the ball here first before we talk about that dynamic offense. And this was a team that lost a pretty good amount last year. They had some really good pass rushers a year ago, uh, which is you know pretty signature for them under Pat Narduzzi. They've had some really good defensive line groups, but they're 
still looking like one of the more lethal units in the country this season. Um, there's a couple of guys up there. You got uh, John Patrician, uh, who's a linebacker, uh, and he's kind of a do-it-all. He might be the best player on their defense. 45 total tackles, seven tackles for loss, three sacks, and three interceptions. And that's the thing. They've got guys at every single level that can get the job done. I think the big, the, the, the scariest part about them is their linebackers because – uh, you know, you got Patrician, as as I talked about, Cam Bright, he has 29 total tackles, four and a half for a loss, three and a half sacks. Phil Campbell, 33 total tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks. So these are guys that are consistently putting up these numbers at linebacker. They're making plays. Carolina's offensive line, even in the, even this past week. Much better performance from the offensive line, especially in run block. They yeah. still allowed nine tackles for loss and three sacks so this is a team that you feel like they are going to be able to cause issues for Sam Howell and for this offensive line Carolina's got to be able to limit what they're doing up front or else it could be a long long night for Sam Howell yeah and if you go back to when Carolina got beat the last and went to Pittsburgh a lot of the reasons why he looked the way he looked that night was the pressure that Pittsburgh got on the quarterback the Carolina offensive line didn't have its best outing I don't know if it's going to be to that same level, but you don't know what you're going to get from this offensive line. Do they build off of their performance of last week like they did following Notre Dame? I don't know. If they do, you feel like Carolina has enough to hold their own, and this offense is evolving just outside of Josh Downs in the passing game. You've got Ty Chandler going in the run game, but if not, Pittsburgh does have the uh, they do have the ability to disrupt what you want to do offensively, but if you keep Sam Howell upright, I think we're pretty confident what we'll, he'll be able to put up on the scoreboard. Yeah, and and the guy, you know, there's always seems to be one of these guys on this roster. Last week, Carolina did a good job of taking away the the, the multiple guys that Wake had because they didn't really have that standout. Pitt does. Habaku Baldonado is the guy that you have to keep an eye on in this one. Nine and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. So on top of all those guys that you have, you've got that imposing threat up front that Carolina has to be able to take away. They've got some guys on the back end that have played well, but that looks like the one area, once again, that you can kind of attack a little bit with this Pittsburgh team. We've seen that year in and year out. Now, look, this is nowhere near the units that we've seen in the past. I mean, 237 yards per game. There were a couple years where Pitt was the worst pass defense in the entire country. Um, and, and Carolina tore it to shreds. But I feel like this is one of those games... Phil Longo's got to stick with the run. You've got to yes. you you got to be able to run the football in this game. But this is a game where if you're going to win it, you need to have Antone Green step up and play well once again on the outside for you. Justin Olson play well, and you need Josh Downs to get back to the Josh Downs that we've seen so far this season because you're going to need this passing game to be able to produce for you because that is the weak area of this pit defense. Yeah, I. I think we trust Phil Longo a whole lot more now to stick with the running game no matter time, score, situation. Because he's done it in games where Carolina has been behind in big deficits and they've been able to come back and, and win off the strength of being able to run the football. That's got to be the game plan going in, running the football with Ty Chandler and Sam Howell, mix in DJ Jones when you have to, but usually using those two guys primarily. And then in the passing game, look, I'm not saying Josh Downs has to have eight catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. 
No, 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 but it's, no. It's really hard to see this team winning with him only having four catches and 35 yards against a team like Pittsburgh that's not going to be afraid to put points up you know, quick, fast, and in a hurry. So getting him back on track. Oh, they could win a game like that. Ty Chandler's going to have to run for probably 250. And, and, <laughs> and mean, what are the chances of this? It's, it's very it, Yeah, and exactly. And, and what you're getting from Antoine Green, Justin Olsen, Kamari Morales, it's nice, but you also can't count on that production week. Maybe maybe we're at that point with Antoine Green now because he's put back-to-back up solid good games, but everything else right now is still a bonus in the passing game. So you've got to be able to run the football, keep your offense on schedule, on time, and in rhythm, and there will be plays to be made in that second half. I mean, look, the thing is, is Tyler Van Dyke threw for 426 yards against this defense. So there are definitely going to be plays in the passing game that can be made, and I feel like that's where you're going to win the game, but you've got to open up some of those deeper passes. You've got to get these guys in these one-on-one coverage situations and allow them to go to work. And and you want to get Josh Downs into those one-on-one situations because you saw last week Wake Forest was able to take him away from you a little bit. You want to be able to single him up and allow him to go to work. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things Carolina has to be able to do in this game if they are going to pull the upset, you look on the offensive side of the ball, man, this it's it's tough. I, I think Wake Forest, I think because of their running game, was probably the best offense that Carolina will face this year. But Kenny Pickett might be the best quarterback that they're going to face this year so far yes. with the way that he's playing. I mean, Brendan Armstrong, he was having a tremendous year when he was when, when he came. It still is. Uh, you know, he is with, out with the rib injury. But Kenny Pickett, is a legitimate Heisman contender. 3,171 passing yards, 29 touchdowns to just three interceptions, 234 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. So one thing that's interesting to note, these numbers, very similar to Sam Hartman in the fact that he's a guy that's going to make his day through throwing the football. But if you're not careful, he can get out and move on you, and that can be an issue. I, it's it's a good thing that Carolina does not have to worry. This is not a guy that's going to run a lot of read option. Maybe once or twice he pulls it out. It's not going to be something that he's going to be doing very often. But Carolina's got to be prepared for a quarterback that right now is playing like one of the best in the nation, is being compared in some respects to the senior year that Joe Burrow had. I don't think it's quite on that level, but in terms of the growth, this is a legitimate quarterback that they are facing and it's they, they've got to be ready to go in this one this can't be like this last game against Wake Forest the best part about all of this is remember back in the summer when you told me Kenny Pickett isn't that good of a quarterback and now he'll enter this game being the best quarterback on the field in I don't the think game. we have audio proof of that do we oh yeah we. And, and now he's a Heisman contender Pitt's most likely going to play for an ACC title and be in a New Year's Six Bowl game this guy's legit now, granted, when you've been in college for 17 years, you should be legit. Yeah, I mean, when you played in the Rutgers-Yale game back in 1869, you, you have a chance to be pretty good. But he has taken the next step. They've opened the offense up. Remember, when he was a freshman and he was leading Pitt to that upset win over then number 2 Miami. Hand the ball off, make it, a couple plays. It That's was, about it. Don't let Kenny Pickett beat you. Well, now Kenny Pickett can beat you has beaten you, and is most likely going to beat you through the air because this offense is lethal. They've got big play potential, 
every time they step back to throw the football, when it gets in those receivers' hands and the way he's throwing that deep ball, every play could could be the potential to go into the end zone. It's going to be a challenge for Jay Bateman and this defense a defense that did not perform well against Sam Hartman. To be fair, I think at this point, Wofford may be a challenge I, for Jay I actually do believe this defense. That. So they have got to find a way to do the things that they did right in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And they did some things right. Not a lot, but they did enough things right to pull out that win. Well, now you got to build off of that. The problem is, is that that offense that Pitt has – I don't think they're going to take the foot off the gas because they just saw Wake Forest kind of get conservative and it and it bit them in the butt. Pitt's going to be aggressive until that game is literally over. So you've got to find a way to combat that. He's only thrown three interceptions all year long, so you can't trust him to make a mistake or two. This might be the toughest ask of this defense all season long. And that's saying something considering what we just saw last week in that Wake Forest offense. Well, okay, so the turnovers, I think that's a legitimate concern, but do remember that last week Sam Hartman came in with three interceptions the whole season and threw two, including one that was, I mean, did not look like a guy that had been holding on to the football well for most of the year. He looked like Sam Darnold. I mean, so it is possible Carolina, that that's going to be one of the things that you've got to be able to do. I didn't put that in the keys of the game this week. But creating turnovers off of this team is going to be something that you've got to do if you want to pull the upset. They're not they're not on the same level as Wake. Part of the reason that Carolina needed to create turnovers was because Wake created a ton themselves. They were plus 10 in the turnover margin. Uh, Pittsburgh's not quite as lethal. But, I mean, this is... The, this is still I, I'm with you, man. I think this may be the toughest the toughest ask of them, mainly because you you then combine the fact that this is a Thursday night game on a short week. I, I mean, it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, can this defense get their legs below them because they were run off the field the other day for yeah. three quarters. They rebounded in the fourth and played great. But how much did they have to put into that fourth quarter just to win that game? Now you got to turn around on a short rest and play maybe college football's best offense right now. I, I mean, that's that's the thing that you're concerned about. But, look, I mean, this is a team. Clemson held them to 27. I know Carolina's defense nowhere near Clemson. Virginia Tech's defense held them to 28. So there are times people have slowed them down. But I think if, if you're looking at a game plan of what to form this game around, you need to go back and watch the game that they played against Tennessee. Tennessee put 34 on them. And that was early in the season, so Tennessee's offense wasn't even playing at as high of a level as they had or or as they are right now. But that was a game that showed you sort of what the recipe is going to be in this game. They're going to put up points on you because your defense ain't going to be able to stop them. But you've got to be able to find ways to match them and get the stops when you need to. And, I mean, the similarities between them and Wake Forest are crazy. They got three guys in the backfield just like Wake Forest did a week ago. And we saw all three of those guys in that game. And Carolina did a pretty solid job against them. They've got to do the same thing in this one. You've got um, Israel Abaniconda, who is their leading rusher with uh, 94 carries for 498 yards, five touchdowns. Vincent Davis, 314 yards and three touchdowns on 89 carries. And Rodney Hammond Jr., who is their explosive back, 
345 yards, four touchdowns, or just 59 carries. No one in this offense has over 100 carries on the ground, though. So they spread it around about as well as any backfield in the country, which is why Carolina's got to come prepared for all of these guys. And then when you get to the passing game, Jordan Addison is dominant. 54 catches, 908 yards, 11 touchdowns. You would imagine Tony Grimes is going to be the guy that's going to be on him for most of the night. The guy I think I'm most concerned about in this game, though, is Tysier Mack. 27 catches, 461 yards, three touchdowns, 17.7 yards per reception this season. So Carolina... I mean, they have struggled with some of these big play threats. They did once again last week. You've got to be able to take care of some of these guys that can get down the field on you and create these big plays. And that all starts with what we talked about the other day, communication in this secondary. Yeah. um, You know, the communication has got to get better. Even the Storm Ducks on the field, this this guy ain't Superman. He's not going to cure all the, the woes in the secondary. Well, he can't cure the fact that you can't cover guys in the slot because you just forget about them. Like the best way to combat all of that is to get pressure on the quarterback. Yep. If if they can rattle Kenny Pickett, if they can make him get out of the pocket, then you got a chance. But if not, th- there's not a whole lot of confidence to say this pass defense is going to be able to slow down the best passing offense you've seen all year. So you're telling me that there's not a lot of confidence because I- I'm going to be honest with you, I have no. No hope or confidence right now that this pass rush can be consistent in a game and get after a quarterback. Yeah, they haven't no. shown that yet. No. You know, there's flashes of it. I mean, that fourth quarter the other day for Des Evans, you finally saw. You were like, okay, now he's starting. This is These are some really good reps. Can we see this consistently in every game? Tamon Fox has two or three plays a game where he gets into the backfield and makes plays. We need that multiple plays in a game. We need you to be in the backfield one of every three reps, not one of every ten reps. Like, that's the point that you've got to get to with this defensive line. And right now, I mean, there's just no no reason to think that that is going to change because even the other day, that that was not a part of – that wasn't the reason Carolina was able to win that game. And that wasn't the reason why Carolina's defense was able to have success late in the game. It was because your secondary made plays in coverage, mm-hmm. and your—I mean, your linebackers were helping you out. Other than that, you wouldn't have won that game, right? So, I—I I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, this is this is just such a tough ask for that for for Carolina against this offense. But I, I think again, it's it's how much does your offense have? You the, the thing that Phil Longo I think has to get in his guy's head is, fellas, pretty much every FBS game that we play the rest of the way, Wofford, our defense should be able to help us out. The other two FBS games that we play this year, our goal is to score every single drive because if we don't, we we have to play with desperation because if we don't, we're, we, we could be in trouble losing the game. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we'll come back here in just a second. We'll give you our keys to the game. You know, we talked about some of the stuff that we think Carolina needs to do, but I have three keys to the game that I listed. We'll go over those. We'll also do official predictions, and we'll tell you that game time for Wofford. But first, we have to tell you about a great opportunity from DraftKings. Guys, football fans, uh, girls, anybody who wants to bet, 
Who is ready to score some free bets? Well, you can now when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets when a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER all right guys let's get into those keys to the game and I think you know the, the the first one that I listed here that I think might be the most important even if you don't have a ton of success in this game defensively you have got to bring that defensive effort that we saw in that fourth quarter and it's got to be there from the get-go that looked like a team that was so much more confident in themselves than I've seen probably since the Virginia Tech game. There is There are talented players on this defense. We've seen moments where they've stepped up and played very, very well. But it looked like the last couple of weeks and early on in that game against Wake Forest that they had really just come out with the mindset of, well, we're not going to stop anybody no matter what we do. And we're going to have to rely on our offense to win the game. They cannot be taking that mindset into these games down to stretch. They need to put that effort in from the word go and at least try to show some resistance out of the gate against Pittsburgh. Yeah, they got to. I I don't know if Carolina has another 18, 21-point comeback in them. Maybe they do. But you're asking— I don't want to find out. Yeah, you're you're asking too much, and then— because then the then the pressure becomes well if the offense is scoring well then you've got to get stops and then it's well you got stops last week but can you get those stops again is Carolina going to completely shut down this offense that answer is no they're going to give up probably twenty eight to forty two points so somewhere in that range but you can't you can't give up more than that I think Carolina can score with Pittsburgh because they scored with Lake Forest last week and this offense is humming despite all of the issues that it's had offensive line play. Lack of production from the running backs. Only one legitimate wide receiver for most of the year. But it's on the road. It's going to be, uh, you know, the weather's going to be an impact because you're you're playing up in Pittsburgh. It's starting to get cold up there. No one likes Pittsburgh anyway, especially when it's cold. So you've got to be able to give some help to your offense, force some turnovers, get them some short fields. you got to do something to be able to pull off an actual upset. Well, that's here's the, here's the thing. You've got to be able to create some of these havoc plays that we saw late in the game against Wake Forest. You need some of these plays where the quarterback, in this case Kenny Pickett, is throwing the ball up really hoping to make a play. There were a, there were a few plays late in that game against Wake Forest where Sam Hartman was throwing the ball up and just trying to make something happen because it wasn't there. 
Mm. And that's the point that you've got to get to as a defense. There have been just way too many times this year where guys are wide open or where you're even in position to make plays and you don't execute. That fourth quarter, that looked like the defense that we saw in the game against Virginia Tech where you were legitimately the only reason Carolina was in that game. If you would have laid down and just gotten gotten your rear ends handed to you like you have at times here as the season has gone along, Carolina could have lost that game 31-10. to It could have been bad. The defense gave them a chance. Yeah. So that's, I think, the most frustrating part with this defense is we know it's there. It's just they've got to be able to get some confidence about them, and the, cons- the the effort has to be there from the word go. Your mindset, the offense's mindset, because of what you've looked like this year defensively, needs to be we need to score every time that we're out on the field. But your mindset needs to be we need to take our heads out of our rear ends and help our offense out, and we need to do that by playing like we know we're capable of out of the gate. Uh, you know, I, I, second key to the game, offensive line needs to build off of last week. I, I, look, they've this is back-to-back weeks where they've done some positive things on the offensive line. They are starting to show that they can be a really good run-blocking team, mm-hmm. but they are still they still have those moments where they're allowing tackles for loss. You can't allow nine tackles for loss and three sacks in many games and find a way to win. You've got to be able to limit that and continue to take steps forward. For the first time in a long time, I'm confident that the offensive line can do that because they're starting to get more healthy and you're seeing guys that have played with each other now consecutive games and for a long period of time, the rotation that was starting to get a little bit frustrating in in, in terms of the timing of when they were doing it, that seems to have been eliminated now. Right. You start, you're starting to feel a little bit more confident that the offensive line can get the job done, but they've got to be able to take another step from last week. Yeah, and you know, I, I do feel like, as opposed to where we were a month ago, I do feel confident they're taking the, the steps. It's not the big step that I think we want them to take, but they're doing enough. And I think that's all we, at this point, that's where we're at. Just do enough to where this offense can still function. Because when this offense can function, they can put up 40. And you need to put up forward if you want to win this game. So take what you did last week, especially in that run game in that fourth quarter. Use that same mindset. I thought they really wore down the defensive front from Wake Forest. Dave Clawson basically admitted that in his post game. Bring that same mindset. Bring that level level of physicality. Let's try to eliminate that illegal uh, man down the field in the passing end because we have oh, that penalty every freaking week. But if you do all of that, if you do the little things – the big things will take care of themselves, and this offense will put up some points. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, discipline for that unit was another part of it. Last week, they were, I mean, outside. I'm trying to think, outside of, I think, the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Jordan Tucker, which was away from it, and the illegal man downfield, which it's it's really hard to get overly angry about that because sometimes that is a penalty that is on Sam Howe because your offensive line thinks that you're keeping the football. You decide to pull it up and try to make a play down the field or so, and a guy is downfield run blocking because he thinks that you've taken off and, and ran with the ball. I, that's part of the challenge, I think, with RPO. You can also argue that the ACC refs, that's – when it that, they're not just throwing that flag to throw the flag, that, but but off, uh, ineligible man downfield is a judgment penalty. And when you when it's obvious that it's an RPO play, 
And this isn't, I say ACC refs, this is something that I think college football has to look at. RPO is such a huge part of your of, of the sport now, especially in some of these more advanced offenses. You have got to take a serious look at this and say, look, when it's obvious that it's an RPO call, you kind of just have to let it go. Like you, uh, uh, The lineman's doing what he thinks he needs to be doing in that case. Yeah. He's not saying, well, I'm just going to go out and run a route. That's, I'm, so... But still, I, I think as a whole, like you said, this unit has gotten better. Here's my thing. Even if you are not that great in pass protection, which they've been a little bit better the last couple of weeks, you need to do two things. You need to be able to run block, and you need to have at, at least every other passing rep you need to be able to win. All you're looking for is them to give you a consistent run game and for them to give you a few chances a game to hit those big plays down the field. Carol, don't get it wrong. Carolina's offense is still a big play offense. Yeah. That's where they thrive. Your offensive line early in the season against Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, the reason that they couldn't hit those plays, the offensive line was getting destroyed every single rep. If you give Sam Howell 12 to 14 of those chances a game, this offense is going to be perfectly fine. So that's I that that's the big thing for this offensive line. My last key to the game, I mean, I've talked about the defense stepping up. Score, score, score some more. You need to put up points in this game because that offense that you're playing on the other side, there is a reason why they are the number one scoring offense in the country. Now, granted, have they played the toughest schedule in the entire country? They have not. But... They have consistently, even as they've gotten into conference play, they are still putting up a ton of points and a ton of yards. As you mentioned, I was dead wrong on Kenny Pickett. There's no denying that. Say that again? I was dead wrong on Kenny Pickett. That's one guy that I am going to be wrong on. He will probably be drafted by the New York Giants, and he will lose whatever mojo he had at the college level, and I will have to suffer. And that is just how the gods will work out. But... Carolina's got to be ready in this game. Kenny Pickett's going to put up a ton of points, and Carolina's got to be able to match them. I feel so much more comfortable with that now than I felt in the first half of the season because the last three games, Carolina has done everything they've needed to offensively to be able to win the game. Defensively, no, but the offense has responded to basically being told it's score every drive or lose the game. Yeah, this offense is where I told you I wanted it to be at this point in the season, um, where I thought we were going to be playing for the ACC championship. That's most likely not going to happen. They're still mathematically... uh, It would take... There are so many different teams that have to lose in a certain fashion. So let's just go ahead and say it's not happening. But Phil Longo's offense has found a way to replace four players that produced 1,000 yards of offense within the last two years. It's not always the prettiest. It's not always the flashiest, but it gets the job done because when it when it when it booms, it booms, and when it busts, it busts. But it's been booming as of late. You feel like that's going to carry over into this game. He said multiple times on Saturday they feel like their offense is where um, it you know it's it's supposed to be now. Mm-hmm. Um, after adjusting to all the, the the losses, you've got the transfer portal taken care of, so you're able to simplify what you're running with the guys you're running on the field, it's it's going to take 
45 points to get this to get this done. So you've got to be ready to come out. I don't know if you can uh, live with turnovers or you know not converting in the red zone. That was the big thing they did against Wake Forest. When they got into the red zone, they converted more often than not with touchdowns. Field goals on the road against the number one scoring offense in the country, it's not going to win. Well, they did kick three field goals. But they also, okay, but they gave up, they scored, what, four touchdowns to Florida State's two. So that's a, how much much is that a point swing? You definitely, in this game, I feel like it's even more important. Because I don't feel like you're going. They this pit defense will stop you a time or two. This it's all gas, no breaks, baby. Like Wake Forest, you I, that defense inspires their fan base should have no confidence in their defense. Very similar to Carolina's, but the only reason they should have confidence is that they can create a turnover. Because that Wake Forest defense can't stop anything. So Carolina was able to go up and down the field each time. You never felt like when Carolina got the ball, you were like, wow, we're, we're, we're in trouble. They're starting to turn it up here. That pit defense, they, they are allowing 345 yards per game. They are capable of slowing you down. So you've got to bring – I mean, it's, it's one of those ones where, yeah, when you get in the red zone, you better capitalize with a touchdown. And, I mean, I don't – think there was ever a moment the other day where I was really that angry at at Phil Longo's play calling. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, in the red zone, you know, we want to see him throw it more. Well, who's the guy that you're throwing to right now that's going to go up and grab the football? You don't have Bo Corrales. You don't – Bryson Nesbitt's not there yet where you feel confident that you can throw a lob ball to him and he can just go up and catch the football. Like, right. Josh Downs, who is your best receiver, he's a guy that thrives in space. When you get into the red zone, the space is limited. That, I mean, that's the problem that you're running into, but you're still they are still finding ways to score. And I think the key down there in the red zone, you're going to have to find the end zone with your running back and with your quarterback on the ground. That's That's been your best chance to find the end zone uh, over the last couple of weeks. So they've got to be able to get it done or just hit the big plays all night and not even have to worry about the yeah. red zone. Um but I'm with you. Actually, as we move on to official predictions, you said 45 is going to get it done. You watch what happens here. And just say, go, you, you go ahead with your prediction first. The biggest problem Mac Brown has had since he's returned to Carolina, and he's admitted this, is this team hasn't handled success very well. You're coming off. Your second top 10 win since you returned to Carolina where it was an emotional setting in Chapel Hill. Your fan base stormed the field. All that mumbo-jumbo. And now you got to go on the road and play, even though they got a, a worse record, maybe a better, more complete team in Pittsburgh, a better quarterback in Kenny Pickett, and that team, while they're not playing for the college football playoff, they are still playing to go to the ACC championship game and a New York and a New Year's Six bowl game. So they're going to be more emotionally vested than you than you are going to be. I think Carolina's going to compete at a really high level. And I think it'll be a game that we'll be able to come back on here next week and say these three to five plays, if they go the other way, Carolina's in the win column. I think Pittsburgh will make a play or two more than the Tar Heels. I think they'll beat us 42-34.
Beautiful. Beautiful. I like I, I was hoping you'd go double digits again. But uh, I was thinking forty two thirty one. But you should have gone with that. But I you know, forty two That worked out hey, that worked last week. Um so you said forty five gets the job done, right? Yes. You think Pittsburgh scores forty two in the game, right? Yes. That's my exact score. I think Carolina wins 45-42. I'm not surprised you're tar healing up and picking Carolina to beat a a team that's got a better offense and a better defense than the team we just upset. I mean, look, you can argue that they've got a better— I think the offense, there's an argument. But this is also a team that's turning around on a short week. This is a team that did not look great in the first quarter and a half against Duke. But they didn't have to exhaust themselves to win a game. They didn't play a four-hour marathon. Their starters were out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but I, I, I don't. I, I still feel like I, I, this is a game where I think Sam Howell will find a way to win this game because it's getting to that point now where I think it's becoming very obvious that he's not coming back next year. I would be very stunned if he's back in a Tar Heel uniform next year because it looks like he's probably going to be a first-round quarterback. Um, And I think he's one of those guys that probably is going to destroy the pre-draft stuff and end up soaring up the boards whether, you know, he truly deserves to or not. But I think that now he, he may be starting to realize that a little bit himself. And... I feel like this is going to be an extension of the performances from the last two weeks. And I think he's, this is another one where coming in, everybody's talking about Kenny Pickett and how great of a year he's having. Mm -hmm. They're talking about Sam Howell a little bit, but it's still kind of like the national, the, the national mindset, especially on the college football side of things, is that he's having a he's struggling. He's having a down year. He hasn't he hasn't been as good as we expected him to be. So I feel like this is another chance for him, kind of being slept on a little bit in this game, where Kenny Pickett is clearly going to be the main focus for him to come out and put up a stellar performance. The thing is with that, I mean. Tyler Van Dyke was able to shred this defense a little bit. I think Sam Howell will be able to do the same thing. We saw that this defense is capable of stepping up when they need to. The hope is that they can do that again in this one, especially in the second half. I think they make a couple of plays. It's an ugly Thursday night game. This one, not your typical ugly Thursday night game. It'll be ugly defenses on both sides. Mm-hmm. But I think with where Carolina's offense is at right now, I think they have enough to get the job done and get a big win because I feel like at this point, if they can win this game, the momentum's rolling because well, then you can go and beat Wofford. If, if I mean, again, you can't really build off of that, but let's say you come out, put them away easily – you're seven and four. All of a sudden, you got a little bit of confidence going into that game against State. You can finish the season eight and four. Doesn't mean that the season's an accomplishment, but from where you were at mid-season, where you were wondering, is this team going to make a bowl game? That could be huge. I think they're going to know that in that locker room as well, and that could serve as a little bit of extra motivation for this team, and mainly for the guy I just talked about, for Sam Howe. The only way the Wake Forest win means anything legitimately is if you went out. In, in, in all seriousness, and look, I, 
I don't, I don't believe it was an upset. I do believe it was something that they could look back on and say it was a turning point. But the only way you do that is if you win out. If you lose to State and Pittsburgh on the road, you go winless on the road during the regular season. You finish the regular season six and six. Ooh. That that win doesn't really mean a whole lot. Yeah, going winless on the road would be so. If you that wanna, that would be tough. You you want you want to build that Wake Forest win up to what it what you think it is, which is not what everyone is making it out to be. Well, then you go beat Pittsburgh. You go beat NC State. If not, you're just still stuck in no man's land. Well, I think you no doubt you gotta win one of the two. I I, see, I don't I, I, think, I think you gotta win both. I, I think if you lose to Pittsburgh, it's going to be understandable with where they're at, especially if, let's say, that team runs the table. Because at that point, if that team runs the table, I mean, I know Wake's having a good year, and even if they beat State, is it, would they not be favored probably to win the ACC championship yes. game? So, I mean, that's the point that you're kind of at. But here's the other thing with Pittsburgh. I think they're, they're, they're a really good team. They also play in the ACC Coastal. The ACC Coastal has a way of sneaking up on really good teams. It did it a couple of weeks ago to them at home. The other thing in this game, I don't. Are we expecting like a great environment for Pittsburgh? Like they had, they showed bro, up. They showed bro, up. This team got rattled in the Georgia Dome. Get out of here. Yeah, but exactly. You would hope that they can learn from whatever the hell that was. And bounce back in a in a stadium that is going to be probably dead empty. Like, look, Pittsburgh fans showed up for that game against Clemson a few weeks ago, but it still wasn't a packed house. This is a Thursday night game. And Carolina's, I mean, they've had success up there in Thursday night games. So I not under Mac Brown. Yeah. 0-1-1. Yeah. So I mean, we'll 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 see. But I, I don't there is to me, no way this game will not at least go down to a final possession. There is no doubt in my mind that it will come down to the final possession. And once again, if it does, I trust Sam Howell to get the job done. So I think Carolina wins it 45 to 42. UF Carolina falling 42 to 34. Um, so as we mentioned, the last thing that we'll talk about here before we get you guys out of here with the closing notes, uh, it's just one. The Wofford game set for 12 o'clock. Uh, it is going to be a noon kick uh, for the Tar Heels on senior day as they welcome in the Wofford Terriers. Uh, Carolina, if they win that game, bowl eligible, you would expect so as well. Wofford not really having all that great of a season, even at the FCS ranks. So uh, that will be an early kick, though. Carolina has had a ton of success. They are actually undefeated at noon under Mac Brown. So all the people that are saying, we don't want the noon kicks. Eh, in Keenan Stadium, you kind of want the noon kicks because Mac Brown's had a ton of success with them. So uh, that game will kick off uh, at 12 o'clock. This one, as we mentioned, 7.30 ESPN uh, and Carolina in a primetime slot. Uh, once again, they had success with it last week. Can they have success with it this week against another ranked opponent? We'll have you covered on the blog uh, with all the stuff regarding this game. Of course, uh, we'll have the preview up for you. That is actually going to go up day of the game this week, uh, so make sure that you guys are checking that out. It'll be right up before game time so you guys can read uh, the team breakdowns, team stack comparisons, uh, the keys to the game. We'll go a little more in-depth on the ones that I just laid out for you. Uh, injury report as well as the 
the uh, projected starting lineups. All that great stuff will be in there for you guys. And then, once the game is over, uh, on Friday, we'll have the recap up for you. And then, uh, as we go into the weekend, we will have the stock report up for you. May try to get that up by Saturday or Sunday, one of those two days for you guys to read. Uh, And then we will, of course, move on uh, to the final two games of the season. Senior day, as we told you about, against Wofford. And then the game against NC State. And then, of course, we'll have to wait, find out where Carolina goes for their bowl game. But we'll have you covered with all of that on the website. Also on the website, it is basketball season. We are in full swing now. Josh, had you covered with the first game of the season, a Carolina win over Loyola of Maryland, 83-67. to He had the preview for you before the game, the recap, and he's going to be doing that throughout the rest of the season. He's, of course, going to have you prepared for Friday's game against Brown. Uh, and then Carolina, of course, uh, that next week, uh, did they play? Who do they? Did they play one game before they go into the weekend? Correct. They go to the College of Charleston. There you go, College of Charleston on the road, and then they head up to Connecticut to play in the what is the Hall t- of Fame Tip Off Classic? Hall of Fame Tip Off Classic up there. So check all that stuff out on the website. He's going to have you covered with all that. We'll also have you covered on the podcast side of things. You can check out the Four Corners podcast and the Heel Tough Blog podcast wherever you check out your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Uh, Tune in. All those great spots. You can check out both podcasts. And when you do, make sure that you subscribe to both of those so that they go right into your podcast library and you can play them whenever there is a new edition that is put out. Uh, Also, want to tell you guys, head over to the Facebook page, Heel Tough Blog on Facebook. Uh, Make sure you like and follow that page so that you can get uh, all the articles, all the audio editions of the podcast, all the video editions of the podcast, all that great stuff in one central location for you guys. It'll be right on your timeline. You'll get notifications when we put up videos. You don't want to miss any of this content that we're going to have for you guys during the season and even into the off seasons. We do you know a ton of stuff in the off season for both of those sports as well. Um, and and you know again, we are always looking for you know people to come help us out on the uh, blog side of things. Uh, if you want to write, just uh, shoot us a message, and you can you know write for the football side of things, the basketball side of things, base. If you're into that, we're always looking to expand the coverage as well. So, uh, you know, shoot us a a message on that Facebook page again at Keel Tough Blog. Uh, And then over on the Twitter side of things, you can follow the Twitter page at Keel Tough Blog on Twitter. Personal pages, it's me at HTB Anthony, Josh at HTB Josh, and Zach Hubbard, our recruiting analyst at Hack Zubbard2. And we will be needing him here pretty soon uh, because Carolina has their biggest commit. Uh, biggest remaining recruit in the 2022 class that is about ready to commit. So you're definitely going to be wanting to be following him here in the next couple weeks. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Want to thank Josh for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for watching and listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.